Welcome to Sunday morning at First Presbyterian Church. I'm Pastor Danny Deeth, and in response to the events of the amazing resurrection at Easter, it now becomes our job to discern how we respond to the events of Holy Week and Christ being raised from the dead. We are to discern how we are being led to live, to change our lives, to care for others, to welcome others to Christ's table. This is our call and our challenge. Let's do this together. Come on in. first scripture reading for the day comes from Corinthians 1, the first letter to the Corinthians, and beginning at verse 10 of that chapter 1. Listen. Now I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you be in agreement and that there be no divisions among you but that you be united in the same mind and the same purposes. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there are quarrels among you, my brothers and sisters. What I mean is that each of you says, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Christ. Has Christ been divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I have baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one can say that you were baptized in my name. I did baptize also the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I do not know whether I have baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to proclaim the gospel, not with eloquent wisdom, so that the cross of Christ might not be emptied of its power. For the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second lesson is taken from 1 Corinthians. We are in chapter 11, verses 17 through 26. 1 Corinthians 11, 17 through 26. Now, in the following instructions, I do not commend you because when you come together, it is not for the better, but for the worse. For to begin with, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and to some extent, I believe it. Indeed, there have been factions among you, for only so will it become clear who among you are genuine. When you come together, it is not really to eat the Lord's Supper. For when the time comes to eat, each of you goes ahead with your own supper, and one goes hungry, and another becomes drunk. What? Do you not have homes to eat and drink in? 
Or do you show contempt for the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What should I say to you? Should I commend you? In this matter, I do not commend you. For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So think back to those great family meals, those great family gatherings where food always seems to be at the center. Maybe it's a Thanksgiving. My family would all meet in New Orleans for the Deeth side, and for many years we all met together, reconnected over the meal. Maybe it's Easter. Maybe it's Christmas. Maybe it's Fourth of July that was still special for us. Grilled hot dogs and chili, jalapeno cheese grits and cornbread, the fare for the day. We remember these moments because they're special times, because family we don't normally see and friends we don't normally see all gather at the table to celebrate something on one of those holidays. And sometimes, and I hope, it can be more regular than just the holidays. There was a movie in the late 70s called Soul Food. Uh, Vivica A. Fox, uh, uh, Mackay Pfeiffer, um, several more is about a family in Chicago. And the matriarch, Mama Jo was her name. She would cook every week for her three girls and all of their uh, uh, extended family members. And so the family would gather every week at their home. As time went on, Mama Jo got sick. She had a stroke, died several weeks later. No one started, no one picked up the mantle to continue to cook. And so the family kind of drifted away. And as the family drifted away, the family also started to disintegrate with the concerns, with the overwhelming Decisions, some poor, some well-made, but difficult. the difficulties of life were then shouldered by the individuals because they had no longer continued their time together. So 11-year-old Ahmad, whom, for whom the story is told through his eyes, lies and tells everyone that Mama Jo left money hidden away for everybody. And the way that he will tell them about that is to gather again. Remember, 11 years old for the whole family. So they all gather for lunch again, first time since Mama Jo had died. And when they found out that Ahmad had lied to them, they were angry. And he said one of Mama Jo's last wishes was that we would come together and continue to be a family at this table. 
As he wept, his family finally understood the power and the importance of that meal. And while all the terrible things in their lives did not evaporate because they were meeting, they reconnected as a family. That's what's happening at this table today. Communion is, just as Beth said, the root, same root word as the word community. It is a gathering. We don't come to this table alone ever. And especially today, we don't come even this church family. This is a table that is set for the world. And today we remember that as we celebrate World Communion Sunday. Started in 1933 at Shadyside Presbyterian Church, a PCUSA church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And then slowly gained steam and slowly picked up by other denominations. And not all Christians around the world participate, but millions do. And how is it then that we can come to this table with people who are so different than us, that look different, that sound different, that live completely different contexts, different lives, different journeys, was exactly what was going on at the church in Corinth, as Paul tells them. And the church in Corinth is a mess at this moment. And you heard Jimmy read the earlier passage they're all following whoever baptized them, even though they're being baptized in Christ's name. It's like saying, because Danny baptized you, you follow Danny. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but no, of course there's something wrong with that. Because they are putting these leaders on a divine plane. Well, they baptized me, so I serve and am a disciple of that person who baptized me. Paul's saying, no, that's not the case. Were you baptized in my name, Paul says? No, you're baptized in Christ's name. Divisions. And then in our passage a few chapters later, there's an issue with communion itself. And Paul doesn't dilly-dally. He says, you are not doing this right. You are messing this up. And remember, there wasn't a nice big church plopped in the city of Corinth. These were home churches. And so they were largely in wealthy members' homes who were large enough to accommodate a group or a large gathering. Not large as we would look at it, but large for a home in that time and place. But what had happened was that dinner was served with the celebration of communion. And it is the wealthy who would go first and bring all the food Great early potluck dinners to become a Christian tradition. And they ate and they drank wine and whatever else they had. So by the time when the second tier arrived, that is the poor and the literal hungry got there, most of the food was gone and so the hungry remained hungry and they were drunk and this is how they were supposed to come to the table and celebrate communion. And Paul says, no, you have homes, eat before you come. You don't need to come. We need to make sure that everybody is fed and you are abusing this. Again, people with different understandings, people from different contexts, all seeking to come together 
at this table. And think about this today. All the people who look different and sound different, all the people who live lives that are different in other nations, even in our own, people who gather to proclaim the risen Christ in every house church, in every open field, in every strip mall, in every building, whether it's concrete and tin roof or big, beautiful cathedrals and everything in between. Today, we are one family and we forget that, I think. We often think when we come and we do it, we're doing it for us, we're reconnecting with Christ, we're remembering the sacrifice, yes. But we cannot forget the community piece of this. Not only do we do this with our local church family, but we do it with the world. The banquet table is a biblical theme that is all the way back in Isaiah 25, talking about this banquet on the mountain all the way into Luke 14, 15, when they talk the parable of the great banquet and those who were invited had terrible excuses and so the master sent them out to, to get everybody in the street to come to the table. And then in the afterlife, one of those images is the banquet table itself to represent the kingdom of God. I often say that the deceased who now has new life has claimed their seat at Christ's banquet table. But the banquet starts here and the table is here. And we remember the sacrifice. That's what called them together. Jesus on the Last Supper, all of those disciples, they were a mess. There were tax collectors. Ew. There were fishermen, stinky. There were zealots who wanted to go out and kill other people to advance their agenda. There was everybody in between, all kinds of different people who all came together to build the original 12, all very different. Christ welcomes them to the table. You remember at the Last Supper? There was Judas whom he knew would betray him and he allowed him to stay. There was Peter whom he knew would betray him and he allowed him to stay. There was Thomas who we call Doubting Thomas would not believe that he had been raised and that early portion allowed him to stay. He knew what would happen. He knew those that would turn from him or deny him or give him over. And he said, this table is where I want you to be. And so we remember the sacrifice. Yes, it is by Christ's gift of giving himself. His life was not taken on the cross. He gave it. He gave it as a gift from God of love and mercy and grace for the world. When we partake in this meal, we remember Christ's sacrifice. And then he was raised. He didn't die, but through that sacrifice and that raising on Easter, the world changed. 
And so the table continued to be set from that first last supper. From every subsequent last supper in between, then thousands of years later, it comes to our table and all those Christians around the world will come and eat together today. This is always the case, but we remember the magnitude and the scope of the billions of Christians around the world who all join, whether they join us today or not, at Christ's table. What we cannot do is let the diversity keep us from welcoming others. What we cannot do, as Paul is telling us, we cannot let people go hungry physically or spiritually while some are fed, some are hungry. That is physical and spiritual. And today, we are seeking to do both of those on this World Communion Sunday. As we will come together and join at this table with the world's Christians to celebrate this meal. And then we will heed Paul's call for justice. And this afternoon, we will gather to make meals for those hungry in the world. This is the model Paul is calling the church in Corinth to. And God is calling us to reaffirm today. It is not just about our faith and our connected journey with Christ. If it is just a one-on-one -on -one relationship, we die on the vine. It is only in context of relationship with others and the justice of Christ are we able to welcome salvation into our lives and feed those in the world who are so hungry and thirsty for the love and grace of Jesus Christ and for literal food. So this is our call today as we come to this table. Paul says, don't be like them. Share what you have. Remember the sacrifice and be empowered by God's Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen.